This broadcast is part of the IC Robots Radio Network. Visit icrobots.com for this and many other nerd slash nostalgia related podcasts. You won't be sorry for long. in the toy section than the kid who hangs the figures from the pegs. Your host, Icy Robots. Greetings, Earth people. I am from Jupiter. It is me again, Icy Robots. I am not a hero, but I do sacrifice a bit of my week each and every week to make your week a bit less week. And this week, I think it's going to get a lot less week. We're going to talk a bit about what happened last week. We're going to talk about a movie I saw called Atomic Blonde. We, uh, we're going to do a whole bunch of stuff after a... After a huge week like last week with the uh, return of A.B. Silver, who knows where things are going to lead. And basically, we're just uh, sitting here waiting for his call, which has not yet arrived. But uh, until then, let's check out this new song that uh, Engineer Emily made for us. Let me find it here on the hard drive. Dun, dun, dun. Go. Doesn't mean I go to Mexico. But you know what, though? I can really go for a Mexican taco right now. You don't have to go to Mexico for one, Cassidy. Lots of places have Mexican tacos. But you know what, though? I can really go for a Mexican taco right now. Lots of places have Mexican tacos. Just like there's lots of jazz in Mexico. Sexy jazz. Exactly. You are listening to the Toys R Us Report, the greatest podcast in the world. That last part is definitely true. This is the greatest podcast in the world. And man, it has been hot as a mug around here lately. Not as hot as it has been some summers. We still have, we still got some hot days left, but there were a few in a row down here on the Earth base. I am uh, presently on the Earth base. I am, you know, I'm trying to get a jump on the show because last week it's like, I got behind, and then this whole AB Silver thing happened, and it's hard to, you know, get back to the get back to the normal grind of the show. And I almost didn't get it out on time, so I'm thinking like maybe I'll I'll uh, spend some of my weekend time and get a bit ahead. So I'm down here on the Earth base. I'll be back on the back on the Moon base probably when we get to the movie review. But it has been hot as a mug down here as of late, and. I am not one for hot weather. I like a nice, moderate climate. For the most part, around here, it's in the 60s, 70s, you know, 80s and stuff. But when it dips up into the dips up into the 90s and the 100s, I start to wilt like a flower like everybody else does. And the first day, it's like it's not a big deal. You just kind of like, you know, uh, darken your house and do stuff and... You'll be fine, but then when it goes into like day after day after day, your house doesn't really get a chance to cool down, and not a lot of fools around here have 
air conditioners. Not a lot of fools around here have central air. Some dudes have, like, window units and stuff. And I myself bought a nice uh, portable window unit for the living room. But it only really keeps that room cool. And it does keep that room cool. But there is like the rest of the house to contend with. So I I put a lot of thought into where are some nice, cool places, places with cool air conditioning around here that you can go and you can hang out for a while and get away from it. The, the pizza place down the street, the round table, has a back room with a TV in it. It's like the party room, but you can go in there if there's not a... If there's not a uh, event on, and it is also a s- enclosed room, it's not like that big, and it has air vents in it, so it um it stays super cool. It's a small room, and I counted there are three vents coming in, and at points it gets like I'm not even exaggerating. I don't know what the deal is with this room. It gets like icy cold, and it doesn't seem like a ton of ton of people are up on it, so. There have been a couple times that the old wife and I have gone down there and gotten a pitcher of soda and like a uh, salad bar or like a personal pizza and we'll kick it back there and watch TV for like a couple hours and that's all fine and good but it wasn't, it wasn't cutting the mustard. I don't want to spend my time hiding in the back room of a uh, local pizza parlor like I'm a, you know, big pussy bumping Cero or something. So we, we had to start and think, where else can we go? You know, where can we go to escape this, this mother-hating heat? And it occurred to me, it hit me one day. I was, I was sitting here checking out the newspaper and I could see it was going to be another hot one. And then it occurred to me that, dun, 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 we have an ice arena. We have the world famous Charles Schultz Snoopy Ice Arena. And I said, that's it to the wife. We will go to... We will go to the ice arena, and not only is it like an ice arena, you know, with ice skating and the whole thing, which is an icy, cool sport, and it's so pleasant in there. They also have something called the Warm Puppy Cafe, which is a Snoopy-themed snack bar restaurant. It's more than just a snack bar because they have, like, actual food. They have sandwiches and hot dogs and that stuff but they also have like pastas and it's a really nice place right next to the ice arena and it's you know it's connected so it's also icy cool and you can go there and you can get you know a hot chocolate on a hot day and go into the ice arena and it's like it's like it's winter you have to wear a sweatshirt inside there and we went we went like twice the other week we went one day and then we went again the next day when it was hot and Man, this is such a nice, pleasant place. It's Snoopy-themed. It has, like, Snoopy murals on the walls. There's, like, an old-style party room. I've gone to, like, more than one birthday party there. We don't, like, normally go to the ice arena. It is, like, our our town's ice arena. But it's kind of... It's kind of touristy, so, you know, being residents, we don't go there that often, but that's just kind of like a prejudice, you know, prejudice you have yourself that you don't get to go to touristy things when, in fact... You can go wherever you want. And when it's hot, I'm going to start going to the ice arena. I have been having such a nice time, like, sitting there, you know, sipping my cocoa in a sweatshirt when it's 105 degrees outside. And they have free Wi-Fi throughout the whole place. I guess it's, like, for parents, you know, who drop their kids off for ice skating lessons. You know, you can, like, 
do some Wi-Fi, get some work done, or do whatever while they're skating. So we're in the arena on our phones, just you know, playing uh, uh, you know, Pokemon Go or uh, Clash Royale or whatever. And it is, it's really a hoot. And then they also have like a uh, Charles Schultz museum next door. There's one you have to pay to get into. It's a giant, you know, cartooning museum, and I've only been in it once. It's uh, it's a bit touristy, and I don't want to, I don't want to pay to go in. They used to have. A museum on the upper floor of the of the gift shop that is next door to the ice arena and they they still do have it but it used to have a lot more displays in there they had like some original art and they had a replica of a sparky's office that's what you know that's what we call schultz when you live here in santa rosa you call him sparky they had you know like a replica of sparky's office up there and all this other fun stuff and it's still there to like a degree but they moved all the dope stuff over to the museum but still this is also another place that's super air-conditioned, so we were more than happy to, like, go through there and look at all this stuff, and the week that we were hanging out there was the week they were having, like, a giant national, uh, the Schultz Invitational Senior Hockey Tournament, and there were, like, rough-and-tumble hockey games going on all the time, and it's free to go in, and it was free to sit inside the cool, icy air, so... I've been going there. If you ever get around to Santa Rosa, or if you happen to live in Santa Rosa, I recommend the Warm Puppy Cafe. I got a hot dog there when we were hanging out, and they serve it inside like a uh, like a paper dog bowl. And the the concession stand has sauerkraut as one of the uh, toppings. You know, usually you just get like your mustard, your ketchup, maybe some onions in a bowl, but they had onions, relish, like real relish, like in a container, and they had sauerkraut. So, you know, I put kraut on my dog and some onions and mustard, and I ended up getting a terrible stomach ache. Onions give me a stomach ache. I love them, but they give me a stomach ache, but still, they are delicious. So if you live around here, go check it out sometime. Go and get a, uh, go get a cocoa on a hot summer day. I, I tried to get Iceberg to come on the show, I was trying to get him to come in for, not this segment, not at the movies, for the uh, informational moment at the end. I thought that we could talk to him about his his feelings. I realize I'm jumping topics here, but that's just uh, that's the way love goes. And I, I wanted to get him on, but he's the sensitive sort, and he might not even like me talking about it on the air, but when A.B. Silver sunned him, in front of everybody and pretended that he didn't know him. He called him, you know, Ice Block. When he pretended he didn't know him, that, like, that really hurt Iceberg. You guys all know how much Iceberg digs A.B. Silver. He is on his jock like crazy. And when A.B. was just like, I don't know who you are, dude, it was, he took it as quite a blow. And homie's been down at the arcade, and we've been, we've been hanging out a bit. We were over at the Snack Shack up on the station the other day. We had a... We got some French fries. He didn't eat them, but he was nice enough, you know, to sit there and, uh, you know, hang out with me. He's a robot. He doesn't eat. But he was nice enough to sit there and hang out with me. And I could tell, I could tell he's hurt. He's kind of pretending like nothing's happening. But we all like to pretend like nothing's happening when, you know, something scary's going on. And I've been sitting here waiting all week for AB to call. Not, like, by the phone. You know, I've been waiting to get the message that he has called. And... I don't know if this is like some kind of gamesmanship or whatever, but I haven't heard hide nor hair of a homeboy. He called two days ago. He called two days ago? What do you mean he called two days ago? He left a message on your machine. I put a note on the booth. It's right in front of you. Did you listen to it? What did the message say? I don't know. I'm not your secretary. I just saw that he called, so I left you a note. 
do you have the file? Uh, did you, do you think that there's some way that you could, like, send it to us? We could listen to it on the air. That might be kind of fun for people. We'll all be in the loop together. Yeah, I can do that. Give me a second. It might not sound great. I am basically putting my mic up to the speaker on your answering machine. Okay, here it is. I'm going to push play. I'm glad to call, but I'm not home. But I'll be back before too long. You gotta seek your stuff and your number too. Now this is all you've got to do. Wait for the beat. You gotta leave your name. You gotta leave your number. Wait for the beat. You gotta leave it at the beat. Hello, is anyone there? It is me, A.B. Silver, you know, from the Space Pirates. Is anyone there? Please pick up. I will wait three seconds to see if you pick up. Oh, very well. I was just calling as an attempt to touch base. I would like to set up a meeting for LA next week at your moon base. I am calling you myself as opposed to having a lackey call so that you know I am serious about this meeting. It is business 101 my friend. Always give important deals a personal touch. Always be selling IC robots. Always be selling. Laugh 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 laugh. Laugh laugh. That was some levity. It is something I picked up from my good friend and Hollywood icon. Johnny 5. Well, I will let you go. But please have your girl give us a ring to set up a meeting time. You do not have to call personally. I know you are busy with the show and all. Great stuff lately by the way. I really enjoyed the episode where you talked on and on about how you don't enjoy the third act of Marvel movies. Real fresh stuff. I had never heard you say that. Laugh 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 laugh. Oh, I wanted to tell you this. I was talking with my very good pal J5 and... We both agree that Kristen Stewart will never win an Oscar. He is a Hollywood insider so he knows this stuff. And he says that she has not yet paid tribute to the elite order of serpentine aliens that run the Hollywood award show circuit. And until she does she will not even be nominated. That's all hush hush so don't mention it on the show. Okay, I see robots. Please give me a return call. Take care. Huh, well, that was weird. On on the one hand, it, it, it was very polite, but then on the other hand, he made fun of me. But then on the other hand, if you happen to have three hands, he uh, he listens to the show. So, I don't know, that that's something. Maybe maybe he listens and tells a friend, which is all I ask of anybody. What, what do you make of this? Do you think that I should return the call and take the meeting? No, of course not. If I had my way about it, I would invite him down and then blast him. You'd just call him over here and cap him? Like, like straight up murder? Yeah, just straight up murder. That guy is the worst. I hate how he treats you and I hate the way he treats I speak even worse. You can take it but IB-13 is the sensitive sort. He gets dark real quick when things don't go his way. Me and him worked together on a deep space freighter for a while. We went through an area called the Void. The Void, huh? Sounds, sounds pretty banging. What, what was there? Just nothing and nothing for light years. Dude couldn't take it. He locked himself in the hole and wouldn't come out. Yeah, I saw him get that way too last year when, when we all thought that, uh, thought that AB was dead. But how do you, how do you think that I should deal with this? Do you think I should just not even call him back? He, 
He seems like you want something. I kind of kind of want to hear what it is. I'm sure it's something stupid. Everything with him is stupid. He's probably trying to rip you off or something. Well, you are probably right about that. What, what do you think the good plan of action would be, though? Why don't we invite him here and trap him in a cage? What would we do after we had him in a cage? We could zap him with a welder and make him tell us what he is up to. Don't worry. We could repair him after, or launch him into space. Either one. Dude, we can't do that. We're not going to trap him in a cage and torture him. Fine. If you want to listen to him do it on a conference call online, you can hear him and he won't have to come down here. A conference call? That's a good idea. I think that, uh, I think I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with that. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll try to get a hold of him and see if we can, we can set something up. We can all just sit around our monitors and look at each other, like, safely. Okay, you do that. I am going to start up at the movies. Hit it. <laughs> In a moment, at the movies, without Ebert, Siskel, or even that dude Roper. But you got Icy Robot, so that's something, right? Agent Broadway, she's our best intelligence expert. We have a mission for you. Shall we begin? Critics declare the first female 007 is here. There's a double agent hunting our operators. Find out who did this and trust no one. Someone set me up. Someone from the inside. They took everything from me. MI6, CIA. Everyone's involved. She made it out. She's coming for us. Atomic Blonde. We are. I had been waiting to see Atomic Blonde for a long time. I remember when the posters first started popping up at the movie theater, and I was like, that is something I have to see. I really like Charlize Theron. I've liked her for a long time, and I'm really enjoying this, uh... This act of her career where she has, where she has reinvented herself as an action star. It's kind of like Liam Neeson did when he became, uh, you know, the dude with the particular skill set in his not so much waning days, but, you know, within his waning days of being able to be macho. And I'm not saying that, like, Charlize Theron is there because she's absolutely not. She is, uh... She's an all-time beauty, and she's still great. And this movie was... This movie was interesting on a lot of levels. It is an amazing-looking movie. The action is great. The scene settings are great. The music is really fun. The whole thing takes place in the 80s during the, uh... During the waning days of the Cold War, right before the Berlin Wall fell, and the movie is, it is in fact in Berlin as the wall is starting to go down, and Charlize Theron plays an operative who is, as far as I can tell, she's trying to get a microfilm full of lists of other operatives before the bad guys can get it and then go out there and, like, kill all the spies. I think it was a bit confusing to me. The whole thing was a bit confusing, but I still, I still enjoyed it. The movie is, it's kind of wrapped around the fights and around the music and around, you know, Charlize Theron being cool and wearing, like, sexy outfits and fighting guys. And hey, man, 
That's good. The movie's called Atomic Blonde. Every trailer I've seen so far just has her uh, swinging on ropes and fighting dudes. So when I went to see the movie, that was what I expected. And that is uh, that is what I got. I would have liked a bit more of a story. The story that was there was, it was just kind of confusing to me. Not confusing in the sense that it was complicated, but just sort of confusing in the sense that it wasn't laid out so much. It was, it was almost like you were kind of kept in the dark, like how uh, the atomic blonde is kept in the dark in the movie. You know, she's a spy. She knows things from a certain angle and she doesn't really like understand the bigger picture of things that she's trying to put together. And I, I wonder if they kind of like purposely kept you in the dark. I, I I doubt it. The movie was the movie was far from perfect though. It had it had its flaws. It was it was way too long. And like I said, the story was a bit thin. But I liked it. I liked it a lot. There is one just amazing fight scene between Charlize Theron and two guys in a staircase, like a spiral staircase going upstairs. That is a uh, one of the most violent, brutal fight scenes I've ever, I've ever seen in a movie, and a lot of that has to go to the fact that it's like two dudes fighting one girl, but just they are punching and kicking and chopping and stabbing, and the whole thing is so uh, brutal. Brutal is the only only word for it. During the fight, like Charlize and this guy are fighting, they're you know going back and forth, and they wind up the staircase and they get up up to the next level and they both uh you know they both get knocked down from the power of the blows and as she starts to get up she falls back and hits the wall and when she hits the wall you know props her back up again and that to me it was so well acted this one fall she she hits the wall and she just looks like she's spent like she has she has nothing left and if not for the wall bouncing her, you know, back up to her feet. Who knows what could have happened? And in the scene, she's fighting two guys. In real life, fighting two guys more than likely means that you're gonna, you're gonna meet your demise unless they're terrible fighters and you're a good fighter yourself and you have, you know, like some degree of like luck and situational things going your way. And like Charlize Theron's, you know, well-trained operative. And these are two well-trained operatives who happen to be dudes and the lengths that she has to go to to win the fight seem realistic like if you're if you're stuck in like a life or death situation like that you know you might you might have to sink to depths you didn't know that you would have to you might you might stick somebody in the in the neck with a corkscrew is what i'm saying and that that's the kind of thing that happens but i think that it adds to the to the realism of the fight. She's not just, you know, a judo chop and dudes are going down. Elbow to the face. Dudes are knocked out. It's like, it's a good give and take back and forth. And if not for that wall, the fight could have gone either way. The movie is set in the 80s, like I like I said. And there's a lot of, like, 80s fashion and 80s things and 80s music. It's the kind of, it's the kind of 80s music that you, you would hear on, like, a Grand Theft Auto radio station. It's all, it's all the hits, which is, you know, which is fine. But I would, uh, I wouldn't have mind if they dug a bit deeper and they got some, you know, other hits rather than, like, the super obvious hits. But it's fine and it all plays good. And the reason these songs are hits is because they're good. So it's not like hearing them again in a, in a movie is bad or anything. The, the 80s, though, are starting to become more popular in movies, which I like, which sort of, sort of means they might be kind of like just, you know, floating further and further away to where they can finally be, you know, put out there in these 
sort of cool, kitschy, f- fun ways. It took a while for like the 70s to be cool. I remember coming up that everybody, everybody really hated the 70s. Everybody really hated disco. But then like 20 years ago in the 90s, everything 70s started to become cool. So I guess like it kind of, you know, 20 years past that, you know, 20 plus years past that, the 80s are cool. And then eventually, you know, we'll start seeing like movies about the 90s, I guess. Uh, The movie, this one, Atomic Blonde, is super long. Let's hop on over to Tomatoes and look at some of the pertinence while we're at it. The audience gives it 68%. It is certified fresh and the critics have it at uh, 75%. The movie star Charlize Theron, like I said, it was directed by David Leach and written by Kurt Johnston. It plays for 115 minutes, which was real long for this kind of stuff. It also has James McAvoy as her contact inside Berlin and then John Goodman's CIA agent. And then Sophia Batella is a uh, a French operative. I like Sophia Batella a lot. You might know her from The Mummy. She was The Mummy. She was... In the Kingsman a couple years back, she was the girl with the razors for her feet. She was in the last Star Trek movie. She got a uh, Toys R Us report, Icy Robots, Radio Summer Movie Oscar nomination for Best Supporting Actress in that movie. I, I like her. I'd like to see more of her. I think that she has like this real peculiar look. You know, she has a kind of a square face and she has weird hair and kind of like a butt chin, but everything works together so well. She looks like completely foreign and completely alien. And I think that's why, I think that's why she's gotten roles like the mummy or like the alien in Star Trek. And she's, she's really good in this. Uh, You don't get to see her like act a lot. She's mostly, you know, she's in it to be sexy and stuff. And she definitely succeeds on that level. I would, I'd like to see her act. She has kind of a, a funny accent. Which I enjoy. She's kind of um, kind of an up-and-comer that I would keep my eyes on. But man, it's so hard. So hard to break in. So many people seem like up-and-comers and then all of a sudden they're just gone. It's such a cutthroat business. This Hollywood. The, the, the big fight scene that I was talking about earlier happens kind of in the middle act of the movie. And I know that I spend, spend a lot of time talking about how... Like Marvel movies and action movies, you know, they have this big third act fight scene that I think is a bit, bit of a trope, a bit contrived. And in this movie, they put the giant fight sort of kind of in the end of the second act and the movie just keeps going from there. And, you know, it was something that I've said that I wanted, but then when I got it, it seemed kind of weird. The movie was long, like I said. So when they got to the part with the fight, the time-wise, it felt like the movie could be on the way out. So I, uh, they had the fight, and then they have something else, and then I literally started getting up from my seat. I started getting up going, well, that's that, and then I noticed the movie was still going on, and it went on for another 45 minutes, and... Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong about the third act battle. And maybe it does belong in the third act. But then maybe I am just so trained for the third act battle that when I see the big fight, 
I think we're going for the end. Maybe I'm trained. You know, I'm like when I see uh, when I see John Cena drop the attitude adjustment, I I expect that to be the end. You know, so in this one, they threw me a curve, and it felt weird. It definitely felt weird. Uh, I don't know if I liked it. I don't think I disliked it, but. I was completely prepared to go. Like, I was up. I'm not even exaggerating. I was literally up, and I looked over at the wife, like, are you going to get up? And I'm like, I gave her the annoyed, are you going to get up look? And then I realized, oh, I'm the one she should be annoyed at. I'm the dork. The movie's still going on. So I sat back down, and it took me a while to get back into it. And then I'm like, keep expecting it to be over. And then it just wasn't over, and it wasn't over, and it wasn't over. And then it gets to a point where it does absolutely seem like it's over, and then there's like a whole nother scene and I'm just like, man, this is a, this movie's taking its sweet time. It's not a bad thing, but I always think movies should be shorter than they are. When, when I got up to leave, I probably would have gone like, this movie's a really great movie. I enjoyed this quite a lot. Nice and short, nice and sweet, big fight, brutal fight over with. And then when I had to sit back down, I kind of... I kind of got back out of it and sort of, I'm not going to say soured on it, but it definitely got a, got a worse review than I would have given it otherwise. So let's get to that part. We are going to rate this on the Source Magazine mic meter with one being a dud and a five being an all-time classic. I am going to give Atomic Blonde a nice, solid three, three mics. mics. Three mics. Please drop by supportthereport.com and consider becoming a show patron for as low as a measly dollar a month. It's the right thing to do. You've made it this far. It's time, the final segment. The IC Robots Radio Pop Culture slash Toy News slash Other Boring Stuff Informational Moment. All right, we are back for... We are back for what is the final segment of the show, the area that is known as the This Slash That Informational Moment, where we talk about different things and stuff. Things that are happening around the world in the world of media. I guess, let's, uh... Let's see what is going on in the world of media. Archie, Archie Comics dropped a uh, dropped a new book called My Pal Archie. It's supposed to be like a throwback to the old uh, 80s, 70s, 60s, 50s kind of the kind of things that you find in an Archie Digest, but in more of a long form. And I was I was gonna pick it up. I I like those you know those wholesome Archie tales. You know they're Nice to read before you go to bed kind of helps wipe the visions of, you know, just the visions of the world today out of your mind. It takes you to a place, uh, you know, place of Riverdale where things are, where things are nice. The comic Riverdale, not the, not the TV Riverdale. That place seems a bit off the chain, but when I was over at, uh, you know, comics for the win, my pal Chris's store here in Santa Rosa, I was... I was dissuaded away from the book by uh, Tatiana. Tatiana works on Mondays. We always go over to the shop on Monday to pick up my books. And that's the day she works. She is, she's probably one of the three coolest people in Santa Rosa. My wife and I actually, the old wife and me had a discussion about this once. Like who were, 
who were the coolest people in all of the town? And we're like, well, Tatiana, because she works over at the comic store. She has a cool haircut. She plays cool music. She likes wrestling. She likes wrestling a lot. And, you know, that's not, like, the most common thing in, like, a cool chick. So she's on the list. And then there is, there's this guy, Alan, who works over, well, he works over at a place, uh, like, putting glass into buildings. He's a glazier. But he also... Every single day at his lunch, he comes over to the dig, and he sells at the flea market on the weekends, and the dude skates, and he's just, like, the happiest dude you've ever met. He always seems just super happy about everything that's going on. Like, he, he works all week, and then he goes to the flea market and sells, you know, just, just for fun. He likes going to the dig and finding old things, and then he takes them over there and sells them, and it's a lot of work. You know, to, like, load your truck and unload your truck and set up your stuff. And when me and the wife do it, you know, it's me and the wife and the kid. It's just, uh, it's just Alan by himself. And he always he just has, like, the happiest demeanor. He's, like, just a super cool guy. And then the, uh, then the third coolest guy in all of Santa Rosa. I don't even know this guy. I just, I see him, like, at the flea market, at the dig, at the comic store, at the toy con. I see him all over the place. And the best way to describe him is... He looks like a Mexican Kylo Ren. He looks like Adam Driver. He has that that interesting, uh, like, Adam Driver look, but he's like a punk rock Mexican guy who collects comics and likes the flea market, and he always seems happy, too. You know, he, like, says hi to his friends. I see this guy, like, everywhere. I feel like I should have, like, said what's up to him, like, before, just as a matter of course, because I see him at the flea market, I see him at the dig, I see him at the... Com- I see this dude everywhere. And I don't know, man, he just, like, he has, like, a real cool punk rock appearance. And he he was my wife's pick as the uh, third coolest guy. Just let's be clear about that, because this guy might be, like, a rival of sorts. You know, he's into uh, older comic books and stuff. I always, like, see him digging through the, uh, the other bins, you know, that I'm not looking through. And sometimes he beats me to the bins at the flea market, and he's looking, getting the good stuff before I can get it. I have definitely seen that happen more than one time. But back to the comic store and back to Archie. I was going to grab this, my pal Archie, but uh, Tatiana's like, nah, you know, I took a look at it. It's like three ninety nine. and it feels like it's like eight pages. If I were you, I wouldn't get it. I would just, uh, I'd grab the digest over at Safeway. And I respect that. I'm like, hey man, good looking out. You know, I like Archie. So you easily could have upsold me on this, but you in fact downsold me because you didn't think it was quality. So big up to you, big up to comics for the win for, for keeping it legit. And speaking of Archie at Safeway, I shop at the Safeway on Calistoga Road here in Santa Rosa. And They've always had the Archie Digest. That's one of the places that I pick them up. I would, you know, I go with the wife and we're walking. And as we go past the aisle, I could always say, I'm just going to look at this for a minute. And, you know, I'd let her, like, do some of the shopping by herself. Because shopping is, like, an incredible bore to me. I'm just not into it at all. And the past few weeks, they did kind of like an overhaul. Like, they moved that whole area around. And when it landed, they no longer had Archie Digest. Like, they never came back. And it's been well over a month, so I was, I was on the tweets, and I saw Archie tweeted out that the new 75th anniversary digest was out, that's my, that's my favorite one, and I tweeted back, oh, they used to carry those at my Safeway, but they don't anymore, I'm kind of bummed out, and then I said, I think I'm just gonna go to Safeway, and I'm going to, I'm gonna tell them that I'm uh, annoyed by that, you know, via Twitter, in a polite way, 
I'm going to tell them that I think that they should, uh, you know, stock these digests. So I hit him up with a tweet and I, I copied Archie in it and I said, hey, they recently pulled the Archie Digest, you know, at my Safeway. Is there any chance we could get those back? Because it was something I really enjoyed. And the person, they sent me back a polite tweet saying that they've contacted the store and that they, uh, you know, could, could very well be coming back soon. I haven't been to the Safeway since. I would give something like this, like, a few weeks to be in effect, but I gotta tell you, I fully expect them to be back in the store. I've worked, like, various retail jobs, and a lot of times, like, the complaint of one person is enough to make, is enough to make massive change. In the world of retail, the squeaky wheel definitely gets oiled. I bet the company just, they probably think it's worth it just to buy two copies each of the Digest to come out, just, just to stop me from beefing on Twitter. As a matter of fact, they... Not only do they get me to stop beefing, they get me to go, like, on this intergalactically renowned show of mine known as the TRURPT, and I'm putting over Safeway. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna stop that. I've been, you know, maybe a bit brainwashed here in this regard. I, I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna wait and see. And when the guides, when the guides, when the digests are back on the shelves, then I'll come back on the show, and I will then put over Safeway. While I am on the subject of Archie... I'm going to talk about a current storyline in the Archie universe, and there will there will be spoilers. If you are reading Archie, if you're reading the Mark Wade Archie that's out right now, and you're following Over the Edge, and you haven't read the latest one, you might want to stop right now. But I don't think a lot of people out there are reading Archie. I talked to Tatiana, and she said, there's, you know, a couple people who pull it, but there's not that many, and they usually don't sell the uh, extra copy that they order. So if you're reading Archie Over the Edge, more power to you. And I'm proud of you for keeping up with this stuff. But if you are, and you don't want to spoil it because you haven't read the latest issue. So this is it, bro. This is your warning. I'm going to, I'm going to give a count. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Here comes Archie. So Over the Edge is like an Archie crossover event of sorts where Archie and Reggie are having a drag race. They are, they're racing for pinks, as it were. And Betty Cooper, you know, the sweet and lovely Betty Cooper is trying to, is trying to stop the race because she realizes, like, Archie's not, he's not good enough of a driver for this sort of thing. But in trying to stop the race, she, she gets into a accident. They collide with her. They're going down. She's coming up and... You are left thinking that Betty, Betty has passed away, that Betty is gone. The issue ends with, you know, the, with the flat line. And the thing was sold on the promise that the Archieverse will, will never be the same. And you're thinking, oh my gosh, did, did Betty die? And I was left the whole month thinking, man, they may, they may do something with that. Betty may die. They have never done anything of this sort in the Archieverse, but... This is a new day. Who knows what might happen? And here are here where are, is where the spoilers are going to come into effect at the beginning of the issue that just came out this past week. And I'm going to give you one last chance to bail out. Spoiler time. <laughs> Betty wakes up from her coma, but she can't feel her legs. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, they may go in this direction. You gotta think that there has been, like, a comic precedent of somebody being confined to a wheelchair. You know, you had Batgirl, uh... 
being Oracle for so many years, and they they legit promised a change. And I have to wonder, are they going to do it? Are they going to put Betty Cooper inside of a uh, the confinement of a wheelchair? My gut says that yes, they will, and that changes the dynamic of the Archieverse in a big way. And I'm super curious where this will lead. I'm curious to the point where I did some spoiler talk. I don't. I don't normally do spoiler talk, but I, I just, I don't think that, I don't think that you guys are keeping up on the Archie storylines as tightly as I am, so I, I like to share them with you because, I don't know, man, Archie makes me happy, and I want him to make you happy too, so this didn't make me that happy. Betty Cooper is my favorite of all the, uh, all the Archie characters, I, I don't know, man, I, I go for that girl next door type, if you made me pick Betty or Veronica, it's gonna be... Betty every single time. She's not like, you know, the flashy Veronica with all the bucks, but she's the she's the consistent one that you can count on. And in life, like, being able to count on somebody is the most important of just about anything. Being able to get along, enjoying the same things, and then you also have to be able to count on them. The enjoying the same things one is questionable. It's definitely, definitely a benefit, but I don't think it's a uh, necessity. While I am still... And the world of comics. I was poking around eBay. I like to poke around and look at like first appearances of characters and see what uh see what various things are going for, you know, market research. And I I kinda came across this one. It is Young Avengers number one. It's the first appearance of a lot of the Young Avenger characters, but the one that is uh key in this is Kate Bishop. She is the girl Hawkeye. She is Clint Barton Hawkeye's apprentice. And this book came out a while back, not like a long while back, but a few years back, and you can presently get it for as cheap as $9.99. I myself just picked one up for $6.99 with $2 shipping. I think that there is I think that there is a good upside on this book. The the Kate Bishop solo book is doing well, according to uh Tatiana over the comics for the win, and she really like she really likes Kate Bishop, and she's telling me that the character like is really connecting with a lot of a lot of the gals who read books over there. And if you're going to collect comics, you do have to do, like, a bit of comic speculating. Like, sure. I would like to get some nice, dope books. I really want the first appearance of Daredevil. I love Daredevil, and I want Daredevil number one. But it's a bit a bit out of my price range. And I do want to keep, like, having an improving collection. And one thing you have to do to improve your collection is to, is to think ahead. You got to look at things and think, what might be... Some popular books in the future, because sure, Kate Bishop's not a lot to you right now. But let's just think, maybe 20 years from now, Kate Bishop is a bigger character, and instead of having to go back and spend money getting her first appearance, you can just get it now. You can get it now for, you know, as little as $7.99. So, I thought that I would mention this. I don't often, don't often talk comic speculation, but I think that, I think that this one is worth note. It is Young Avengers number one. The first appearance of Kate Bishop. I just picked up one for myself. And I might I might pick up another one just for, like, future trade bait. That's always something to consider, too. If you see things at a uh, at a nice price, you might want to think that, hey, in the future, maybe I can trade this for something that I want. Because a lot of times, you know, books will be super hot right now. Like, they don't necessarily have, like, long-term value, but maybe they get super hot. Maybe this Kate Bishop character gets super hot. And I can take this and trade it for a... Uh, Something older that I might want. You gotta think ahead, Young Avengers number one. What do you guys think about this Atari 2700? 
that some fool found at a Goodwill. Dude got it for like 30 bucks. It's a super rare prototype. If my Goodwill, my Goodwills are so overpriced. If they even had like an Atari 2600, they would have it up for more than uh, more than 30 bucks. Hard to believe. The the game didn't have uh, its controllers. I guess one of the one of the big new deals in the Atari 2700 was it had like wireless controllers and without them the the game system's unplayable but still it's like everybody knows the 2600 if you're like if you're hanging and clanging with one of your video game buddies and he's like oh check it out my atari 2600 and you were like oh yeah that's pretty cool but like check out my atari 2700 that would that would be phenomenal that would be mind-blowing and from what i understand the dude sold it for like three thousand dollars on eBay now, like three thousand dollars is a lot of money. That's not like the amount of money you want to drop. If you lose three thousand dollars, you're like seriously bumming. But it's not like it's not like all the money in the world either. I think that is like super undervalued. I wonder if dude was like, mm, three thousand dollars. That's a lot of money. I'll just I'll just list it for that, and then some other guy was like poking around, or maybe he had like a safe search. For the Atari 2700 and it popped up and he's like, $3,000, bing, bought it right now. I wonder if it was sold the exact same day. If it were me, and I have done like a bit of, you know, selling of stuff here and there. If it were me, I would have, I would have had like a much higher asking price. I would have, I would have put like, I don't even have an idea of where to gauge it. But I might put like $45,000 with like a make an offer option. So just let people know that I'm thinking big money, but then... They can throw whatever offer they want your way because maybe, maybe someone will shoot you like a $40,000 offer because they're crazy. Maybe, maybe that's even too little. I don't even have an idea of what this would cost, but I do know that like video games are sometimes like crazy pricey like comic books are. And there are dudes out there who have a lot of money and don't mind throwing that money at having the best collection. And an Atari 2700 Seems like something that would definitely be the gem of just about anybody's anybody's collection. I've never even heard of such a thing. And it just sounds cool to me, man. 2700 So, I don't know. That might have been a bargain for somebody out there. I, I like to hear stories like that about people who find super rare things. It just lets you know that you, you gotta be out there hunting. Must be hunting. Or and, uh... Even though it seems like you're not going to find great stuff, there is always a chance that you will. It happens. It happened to this guy. And he was just a dummy who sold something super cheap that might have been worth a lot more. That's how I look at it. I apologize for calling him a dummy. He may not be. I don't know. We are... We're going to get up on out of here. But before we do, make sure to hit us up on supportthereport.com. There is a... Interesting dig story posted over there recently, and there's a bunch of bunch of episodes of various things. That's our Patreon page for as little as a dollar a month. You can get in there, and if if you want to actually like get something material for your donation, hop on over to our Red Bubble store. You can find that. Go to go to the main page. It's icrobots.com. I s e e robots.com. That's the that's the homepage for all Icy Robots radio-related stuff. You can find the you can find the link to the Redbubble store over on the right side of the page. You scroll down into there. I got got a bunch of cool stickers. I've been taking adverts from I've been taking adverts from like TV movies, like 70s and 80s TV movies, and like changing them around so they look like they are. 
They are Toys R Us Report episodes, and they star me in Iceberg. I've ordered a couple myself. I want to see what they look like. And the quality is, quality is really good. I think that they I think they do a nice job over on Redbubble. We also have Icy Robots Radio shirts. Those were uh, designed by my man Taped from the Crypt. If you want to find him over on uh, Twitter, that's Crypt Vault at Crypt Vault. He posts a lot of cool stuff. He retweets all our episodes. He's a... Great guy, great friend of the show. He is our uh, graphics dude, I guess, and I appreciate that from the bottom of my heart. And I'm happy to uh, happy to have those on sale over at Redbubble. You can find that at icrobots.com. We're also on Facebook, facebook.com/icrobots. There is there's a Mister Sensational Gina Vega podcast shirt too. That is really great. It says FUGV. It's like a throwback to this T-shirt Hulk Hogan wore in the waning days of WCW. This said FU. NB. NB stood for uh, New Blood. FU stands for what you probably think that it does. He uh, has a new episode coming out. It is about a rap record that Macho Man Randy Savage came out with and also a rap record that uh, one of the beloved Ramones came out with and he's going to compare and contrast and talk about the both. Sounds great. Can't wait. Can't wait. So uh, without further ado, I'm going to call an end to these proceedings. This is this is for me, Engineer Emily Iceberg's around here somewhere, and to some degree, A.B. Silver contributed to the show with that wacky call. We'll uh, try to get a hold of him and see what we can set up for the future in regard to that. So this has been episode number 126 of the good old Toys R Us report, and if you don't know, now you know. This has been an IC Robots Radio production.